Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, we love seeing you live every Thursday night in Facebook land, YouTube land. Chats are always lit, and remember, your chats can show up on the air, so, you know, mind your P's and Q's. Pints and quarts, right? Uh, let's see, you know me. Uh, my name is John Rock. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957, and that's my introduction. So let's head over to Joe for his introduction. Hey, Joe. Hello. Hello, Joe. What do you I'm know? Joe. I am Joe. Joe Martinez, uh, still the worshipful master of Manassas Lodge number 182. Uh, hopefully I get to stop saying that in December. And uh, damn glad to be here again. Nice. Awesome. Damn glad. Super glad. Next up, Robert Johnson. How's it going, Robert? It is bussin. Bussin. I only said that because you said... Uh, no cap? No, it's bussin, no cap. Nice. So, uh, yeah, past master Waukegan 78 in uh, Waukegan, Illinois. Current sitting secretary at Space Novum 1183 in, in Libertyville, Illinois, and also the editor in chief at the Lyceum, uh, the Illinois Grand Lodge publication exclusively exclusively for education. And our uh, June issue just came out, so if you want to check that out, you can pick it up on the Grand Lodge website or on the Illinois Lodge of Research website for free. Enjoy. Are there gun raffles in the Lyceum? No, it's strictly education, so we have nothing related. Barbecues. Dare I say a a bean that is of a green green bean color? Yes. No, I can't. can't Hey, everybody. Jason Richards here, past master of Acacia Lodge number 16 in Clifton, Virginia, member of the Colonial Lodge number 1821 and Lafayette Lodge number 79. Sorry to interrupt everybody else. We were busy. I know. You forgot about me. I'm sad. I want to know more about this exciting thing where there's something doled out to the Masons that has no extra superfluous garbage in it. Tell me more. Yes. We'll talk about that in a whole new episode. All of masonry is wrapped up in excess superfluous. Yeah, we've got we've got to talk about something odorless and colorless. Mm. And it's called carbon monoxide. Mm. Nice. Let's do it. No, it's not. But hey, why not? Why not? All right. Uh, before we get into tonight's show, I want to give a special shout out to all the patrons who support the show. You guys rock our socks. Uh, and so if you want to support the show for many, many years to come, um, patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable. And that keeps uh, Jason's hair from not looking it unstylish. Keep, it keeps my hair from not looking like John's or Joe's. Like that. It's like a a progression, right? Like we're going there, young, exuberant, there, 73 kids, here, gave up on life. Like it's just like a progression. (laughs) Perks of only having one. If masonry is like like the three stages of life, we're like the four stages of life. Just line us up. I'm old. Old Joe over there. Dotage. Moving along to Tarot Card of the Week. So, uh... We are on the topic of the element of air, and so we've randomly selected a very important air-related tarot card. Jason, what have you got? All right, so I have my uh, I have my 
Sugar Skull tarot deck with me today. And Ooh. are yeah. there skulls in masonry? Uh, yes. And so what we have today is, uh, let's get the focus right, the, oh, that wasn't the one I was planning to show, but we'll go with it. The Three of Swords. There we go. Here's the one I was planning to show. The Ace of Swords. You can do either. Yeah. Do both. If you're yeah, interested I in the little cartoon nudity, we can do the two of swords. I, I, I say we talk about both. It was divine providence that you totally f- messed up, right? Like maybe people really need to see the three of swords and, and providence was like, uh-uh, Jason, not today, buddy. Right? Yeah. So who needs to hear about the upright three of swords? <gasps> uh, emotional well, pain, emotional damage. <sighs> that's what it emotional is. Emotional damage. That's, that, that's what that card is. People yeah. are hurting. All right. Love for yeah. you. Lots of people hurt. So the swords yeah. being one of the suits of air. And uh, yeah, so we, we have new beginnings, new intellectual endeavors, new studies, maybe for Ace of Swords. Um, and then two of swords will get you to the, the, the intellectual choices you need to make. But uh, again, Jason was the universe was telling Jason to pull that, that three of Swords, which is pretty much in every deck, a very, very naughty, very bad card. Well, it's not a naughty card per it's se, but it's... I mean, it's you know, it is one of the cards. I think is it the Ten of Swords as well? Ten of Swords ten, stabbed in the back. Yeah, face so down. Ten of Swords, Three of Swords, the Tower. Like you know, there are Oof. there are some cards that um, are a bit more depressing. Than, than others. And then most cards, when you reverse them, are like, oh, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's like a pretty good spin on a lot of those reversals. I mean, like the reverse yeah. three of three of swords is like even a little bit better. Yeah, well, it's like you recovery. Know, you're, you're bouncing back from the bad thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And what was kind of cool, actually, thinking about the Ace of Swords, and then last week we had the Ace of Cups mm-hmm. <clears throat> being, you know, for water. I was thinking we used a couple of, this, of s- similar words describing both of those cards, just being because they're aces, right? Like one, the ace of cups is creativity, but also in that same vein, your ace of cups like tends to, or your ace of swords tends to talk about things like intuition and things. So they really work together. That is true. Yeah, awesome. and I, I like the fact that, you know, the aces in all of the suits um, really focus on, like, divine manifestation. Like, you never see people necessarily in the ace card. It is always the the suit by itself or a disembodied hand, yeah, exactly. you know, grasping the wand. Take that as you will. Um, so... This is it's it's interesting because I, I think it just kind of it's it's a mini creation story in in every single ace card. Bussin. I like it. Very cool. So we'll learn a lot more about uh, the sword suit, the element of air and everything else that has to go with it 
in this episode of the Masonic Roundtable. So let's dive right into it. Uh, now on our multi-part series of the classical elements, we are on the air. What do we say about, what does Sun Card say? The Ace of Swords is about drawing boundaries in the sand mm-hmm. and holding stronger those boundaries. Aha. Yeah. Bring the sword out. Get ready. Get ready for defense. Very cool. I like it. All right. So uh, let's do what we do the past couple times. Let's do a little bit of history of where these things came from, how they were used in religious context, and we'll get into some philosophy and end it off with some really weird stuff. So, Joe, take it away. What? All right. What are we talking about? Um, Air. Air. All right. Air. So, we're going to start back in history, as we always do, and let's start with ancient Egypt. So, don't see too much of your Sumerian, Akkadian, don't see a lot of stuff uh, in those texts talking about the concept of air as an element. Uh, But we do pick up the conversation in Egypt. Egypt had a deity that represented air. That was the goddess Shu. And her brother, husband, Tefnut. And they had babies and they were um, Geb and Nut, who were the heavens and the earth um, that weren't allowed to do incest love so osiris separated them i'm sorry ra separated them never to touch again and that's why you see a lot of those hieroglyphs with a female form over a male form that's separation of the heavens and the earth but shu was the manifestation of air um and it represented the space and the air between the earth where the god people lived and then the cosmos part the heavens where you know the big dogs live the primordial deities so we start in egypt and then we go as we always do from egypt we go to the land of greece that's where everything starts to pick up and in greek philosophy especially in pre-socratic thought air as we know we're talking about it was one of the four primary elements along with the other three and it starts to talk we start to to get into a conversation in miletus where we've heard some other super awesome Greek philosophers and mathematicians they came from, but it was uh, Anaximenes, who was one of the three major philosophers in Miletus, who basically proposed that everything, all the matter and everything that, that came to be came from air. Now, he did get a lot of disagreements and discourse and arguments about it, but he was the first one to propose that. And then I'll touch very gently on Aristotle, since I know John's going to give you a whole Aristotelian lesson on it, but Aristotle also maintained that idea about air and the qualities that it has. You know, when we bring up those diagrams talking about it being wet and hot, um, representing things like your life and your soul. So that was ancient Greece. Now we're going to move, let's move more east and let's go into Hindu philosophy. So air or Vayu, as it's called, is one of the five primordial elements there. So there in Hindu culture, they have five, not four. Um, But it wasn't just air, it was wind or breath, and we'll get to that when we get to the ancient Hebrews, Um, but it was associated with life and what living beings had that made them different from other types of things that were out in the universe, right? Because they had living breath. Um, It was also considered a deity, Vayu, uh, who was the god of the wind, and he was the spiritual father of lots of the other gods in the Hindu pantheon. Let's go a bit more east, and let's go into China. So you've got Qi, right? That is that concept of 
of energy or life force. And that's often associated with air in a lot of ancient manuscripts. And it reflects things like the invisible and the intangible and the qualities that are associated with, with what we associate with air today. And it really is an underlying principle in ancient and even modern day traditional Chinese medicine and things like martial arts. So now let's go all the way to the other side of the world, um, which we often overlook, right? We usually ascribe a lot of these awesome things to Western Europe and Asia and India and things, but we do forget about the indigenous Americans that have lived there and had civilizations there for just as long as everybody else did, right? But may, many uh, Native American tribes they personified or uh, anthropomorphized their elements and air was absolutely one of them um, as a spirit or a being. So um, people like the Lakota people had gods associated with the air and they were one of the four primordial deities, right? Going back to those four elements. So air was associated with things like wisdom and life and communication and, and accessing the divine. And then finally, we'll touch on the ancient Hebrews again, who air was a really important part, um, as we see in John's last name. So, uh, yeah, but we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, all good things. Air, history, boom. That's you. But you're on mute. That's me. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, was, again, that was a whirlwind tour of centuries, millennia, and miles around the globe. But. Uh, again, as always, I love seeing the patterns and uh, similarities that happen across those. Uh, again, I'd still argue that's that is an indicator of something like intelligent design. While we have uh, either we've either had communication across all of these cultures in the past, right, to have similar archetypes implanted in our mythologies, or it's just in our nature, and so that there is some sort of intelligent design or creation to that but that's that's just john's theory that is not a masonic opinion uh, that's no, a, that that's a masonic opinion sure intelligent design is definitely a masonic opinion that's a dogmatic assumption one of the very few ones in masonry yeah what jason said awesome okay so um what what are your, your guys takes on uh some of the other um aspects of where air falls into like these these cultural religious contexts uh, Jason Robert so oh, air to me um, I I think ultimately of the Noah story and I know we're gonna touch on go for alchemy it. later but um, the the air um, indicates kind of that that distillation and and that purification process that is you know now complete or mostly completed and so you have you know you have the earth and and the you know material sense driven world um, that is then swept into the solution um which is the second stage of of alchemy um and then from there separation occurs we'll talk about this a little bit later but separation being um the third stage of alchemy and one associated with air uh i misspoke on that last week um 
because I had, I'd mentioned water was a big part of that. Um, mm -hmm. But through the processes then of conjunction and um, dissolution, you are taking the impurities out, adding pure things in, and then the air piece, the distillation piece, then um, kind of heralds the the end of the purification process. Um, which is, uh, again, you know, necessary for, you must have air in order to, you know, abstract away the, the solution and leave you just with the, the pure elements. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. Again, again, I'll, I'll build off of what we, we talked about. So there's a, there's a reason why we've done them in the order that we've done them in, right? Because you're now moving up into a higher state of consciousness, a higher plane, or, you know, a, the next level of, of either integration or, you know, reaching, reaching your deity. Um, but, you know, we're, we're moving from the, the earthing material you know, beyond the emotional, and now we're getting into this, this more intellectual side of a contemplation, as it were. So I like that. And so it, it definitely applies in, in not just operative alchemy, but spiritual alchemy as well. Well, I, I think that um, just to drive that point home about how we're doing them in order, they show up in order in a lot of things where we would not normally find them, right? So I know both weeks in a row we've touched on the uh, creation myth or mythos of man being created, right? And you started with dust, then you had water. And then the next one was, you know, um, if we're quoting Genesis 2, it's uh, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, you know. God did that with no other creature, not with the bees, not with the aardvarks, the dinosaurs, the megalodons. I just, I just went to the movie, saw a, tra saw a trailer from Meg 2, and it's all I'm thinking about right now because that movie's so stupid, but I have to watch it. Huh. Um, yeah, we're going to watch that. But um, God French kissed man into existence. That's right. That's right. Purposefully. The first CPR. Mm. Yes. Yes. Damn. Is it mouth-to-mouth -mouth suscitation as opposed to resuscitation? <laughs> it's just it's, the first. It's the sus. Yeah. sus. It's to, it was totally sus. <laughs> it's totally <laughs> sus. They were just dropping all the uh, all the Gen Z slang. So, oh yeah, Gen Z Bible stories. Check that off on <gasps> yes. TikTok. So oh fun. my gosh, those are hilarious. Um, so it's interesting. We, we're talking about air tonight, right? Like, yeah, almost. Maybe we should have talked about. And I don't. You know, maybe planning on our part or whatever but the idea of fire would have been perhaps a, a next logical step from from water to fire and then we could talk about air right but <clears throat> only because it's a transformative process um so we we'll touch on this next week big time but like mm -hmm. this idea of fire uh, being perhaps what leads into the air element, right? Because it takes uh, what we might call our burnt remains or uh, the things that are given off, the gases, flight into the next phase of existence, which would necessarily be air <clears throat> if we're talking about uh, scientific process. And what's really interesting too is, you know, our, our states of matter, um, there, there are four states of matter as well that really echo these, uh, our four elements, right? So we've got your solid liquid gas and mm -hmm. plasma. Um, so 
again, we've got uh, another uh, correlation between kind of ancient teachings of man and, you know, what the scientific uh, theories have given us today in in ways to understand these things. Um, I also think interesting about the the concept of air in a philosophical or even a spiritual sense is, um, dang, what's the name of the book? Something fire, the spiritual fire, alchemical fire. I can't remember, but you know, Max Heindel talks about it in one of his books and maybe he ripped it off from uh, Steiner, but there's this idea um, that it's like this divine, holy fire that's always burning and it's this unseeable element and it has a relation to air in a way. But uh, what's interesting about it is that this air fills all the gaps in all the knowable and uh, in all the unknowable spaces, right? If you read H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's uh, the the Book of the Dead about Cthulhu and things, he's got some interesting things in there about uh, the creatures that live in the spaces in between. So these interdimensional spaces, right? And the idea in some of these uh, these these intellectual sort of wisdom teaching texts about the concept of air um, in some of these spiritual ways is that uh, the air fills like all the voids to secure uh, the dimension that we live in. Uh, So there's all of these wild things that are out there as well. When you move through um, not just our major religions, but when we look at, cultural and small religions like uh, various um, I don't want to just say like voodoo or hoodoo or anything like that but you see a lot of that stuff in a lot of those uh, regional regional yeah uh, element things you're spot on you see that and it's and it's very culturally related right like you talk about voodoo Santeria which is just a mix of Catholicism and that it's got absolute connotations to what we're talking about and so regional i guess regional dialects of spiritual interpretation you know they all pull going back to john's favorite thing they're all they're all related all related it's aliens hey and you know what while we're talking about something kind of interesting a niche you ever talk you ever heard of something called breatharians so if you look it up there's this is that like brotherin yeah, exactly. Don't your DDGMs love it? It's basically this crazy. I say crazy, but there's a no, number of people out there who are probably practitioners of this. But it's essentially that you breathe in the prana. Uh, you go up on like high hills, and you can take the sunshine. And you just breathe, and you don't have to eat anymore. Oh yes. Yeah, oh the is. the sun eaters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Benjamin Breatharians air, air baths. Mm-hmm. It's wild stuff. Interesting. I don't buy it, but it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I need a little soap in my bath, not just air. I I can't do the photosynthesis thing as I am not a plant. Yes. Plant people. Speaking I mean, of ancient Egypt and plant people. You were back in the day. Mm-hmm. You were plant people. That's true. Yep. That's back when the uh, pineal gland was like ginormous. Ginormicus. So one thing I like about um, the element of air here is the pattern here about intellectualism, right? We're, we're 
we're moving up. We're we're talking. Can't about, hear you. Oh, sorry. Let me try. Let me try tweaking again. I was there. You go earlier. Okay, there we go. Um, what I like about this is the the concept of of the mind. Right, we're in we're in the intellectual phase now. We moved beyond the emotional stage of of water, and we're now in the um, intellectual side. We're trying to use logic and reason to understand abstract concepts. So we are moving out of scientifically because uh, I know that's uh, that's what Robert and I like to do is uh, our jam is to find the, the, the marriage between the mystic and the scientific um, we're moving out of the marriage yeah, marriage of the reptilian brain or the limbic brain and the now we're moving into the uh, evolved like neocortex right well even even with starting with earth right mm-hmm. earth is your basest you know, animalist Primal. instincts. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you step up from that into emotion. Mm-hmm. And then now we're hitting actual logic. Right. Yeah. So again, and, and I love how it, it marries up with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. You mm-hmm. like, I need shelter. I need to mate. I need food. And then after that, now I can start thinking about like, what do I want to do with my life? And like, now I job. can have an existential crisis. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> right. You have to work your way up to an existential crisis, right? Yeah. So that's that's, uh, but that's where we are, and that's that's this this next phase. Um, another thing to think about if you're thinking of these four elements in this order as some sort of like um, ascensional ladder, that you don't remain in any one of these at any at any time. So there are times where you are, you know, you're off on a on a camping trip and like everything's great and you're you now have time to yourself where you can now think bigger thoughts and then there's times where you got to go back to work on monday and just get get right down to just get right down to uh the material world again and everywhere in between so um yeah so that's that's where we are now with the uh, the concept of air again tarot has it as as swords as as the symbol of air the Usual explanation is as swords cut through air, you know, you can hear the the, cor- the sword sliced through the air. Whoosh, whoosh, swing. Also, there's, um, if you think about the mind as the um, the instrument of, of this intellectual thing, right? Then it's also your spirit, your consciousness. It is your, um, it's where the, the seven liberal arts and sciences come from, right? Because we're now applying our intellectualism in a, in a way that helps make us a better person, right? We're not, we're not quite spiritual yet, but we are making sense of the world in a logical sense. And so that that marries well with the fellow craft degree where we have logic and reason as uh, the instrumental part of the middle journey that we all have in our midlife. It marriages perfectly. I think with what you're talking about, John, when you're looking at uh, connecting air element with the fraternity in an attempt to strive and as- ascend to um, spirituality. Um, Got to do the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put you guys on the spot. If, um, if you had to assign a classical element to each of the three Blue Lodge degrees, what would you assign? Fellowcraft. For air. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's where I was going with that. How about EA and MM? 
Mm. <clears throat> I was going to let RJ go first. So I could agree with him. Mm. Yeah, I'm having a hard, I'm having a hard time thinking about these two concepts, and maybe y'all can work through it with me. But uh, for the listeners out there too, what do you guys think? I mean, there's the idea of initiation, and initiation right. brings a profound, major change. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's fire. I agree. But then. What about the third degree, this culmination? Yeah. Like, I want to so say got, that's fire because it's so intense. But it's got more than one. I mm. think the earth element factors very heavily into the Master Mason degree. Yeah. Fair enough. I, you know what? So maybe I have a that's false uh, limitation here. But I, I, like, I like the thought process. Yeah. I think that makes general sense. I mean, if you're looking at it from an initiation standpoint, you've got a transformation of fire element for the first degree. It's very intense. Something is totally going to be world changing. And then we've got a second degree where we are, you know, trying to ascend through the idea of air, uh, bringing us to uh, spirituality and then a grounding factor with the element of, uh, of earth as it ties into the degree right when we talk about well, from it we came so to it shall we return well, it, there's a there's a fire element that precedes that grounding element though correct you have the manifestation in the near completion of the temple followed by the grounding element it almost goes backwards in a way mm-hmm. i like I, it i, I kind of I kind of see more of the earth element in the master masons degree, not for the obvious connotations, right. Of right. Burial, but just that us having a constant reminder that these meat suits that we travel in are so transitory. You know what I mean? Um, you're not going to use this forever. Um, some get to use it far longer than others, but it's it's going to go back to dust, you know. Well, that's like your opinion, man. <sighs> what is that from? That's like your opinion, man. <sighs> Big Lebowski. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Come on, man. He's the sage. Sage. The sage. Mm-hmm. But uh... I do know, I do know while, while we're on the same train of thought, some of our favorite peoples that we love to talk about make great use of air. Um, in their there, we're talking about Freemasonry. No, I'm not talking about hot air in Freemasonry, although there's a lot of that. Um, TikTok Gosh, chilly night, TikTok abounds. Um, love TikTok. Um, yeah, so I was thinking of you know things that play into Freemasonry and things that Freemasonry sourced its stuff from, like Rosicrucianism or gnosticism um you know when you hear the word panuma uh in gnostic texts and in rosicrucian uh manifestos and things they're very targeted about it's not just talking about the air molecules that we breathe they're talking about breath and spirit and light spirit of god Mm -hmm. yeah like the tool song all things unseen yes maybe air if air is the one thing that um, 
like if if you if you measure out every element that is unseen in the universe and air is mostly that thing it's just hydrogen well air is usually unseen except when you have wildfires in canada that's true you see a lot of it yeah thanks canada that was rough when i was in new york they kept calling it the canadian barbecue (laughs) all my uber drivers nice Let's talk about platonic solids. Yay! All the rainbow. Right, baby. Rainbow. It's like Skittles. <laughs> they should make Skittles, Skittles in these oh. in these yes, oh. in these shapes. Yeah, that'd be dope. What do you got here, Robert? The platonic oh, solids, look baby. At this little oh oh man. This. Mine are upstairs. What? No way. All right, let's talk about platonic solids. Now we're at air. Bouncing around, which has eight faces, six points, 12 edges. Air is blunt, subtle, and mobile, and therefore is equated with the octahedron in um, the uh, platonic system. Right, exactly. So there you go. Um, and I, and I, which is interesting to find out that, um, at least in the Virginia, Royal Arch thing. Um, we don't really talk much about platonic solids, but I know in other Royal Arch systems, they actually have that as a, as a system. So, um, yep. lame. So I didn't get, I didn't get to see those as part. Super of lame. Uh, yeah, there's a fantastic book. Um, I think I just mentioned it on on Facebook a week or two ago. Um, yes, it's the uh, the Journey of the Royal Arch. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's called In Search of That Which Was Lost. Um, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, they used to sell it just on, what's that British Freemason bookstore? Lewis? Lewis Masonic. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, it used Lewis to only Masonic. be on there, but now it's on uh, now it's on Amazon. But yeah, fantastic book, and it gets into the elemental symbolism in the Royal Arch degree that they use there. Um, super fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And then uh, we also have the uh, the four humors again, which have been disproven, but they ha- they were interesting for many centuries. Is this where we talk about phlegm and crap again? And yeah, stuff? we're out. We're out. Damn of phlegm. Good. And we're out of black bile, and so now we're Yay! in the blood, bile. because blood is both hot and wet, right? So uh, it combines a masculine and a feminine aspect. But air is associated with blood, which, uh, you know, you could think about blood as essential to the spirit of your body, right? Uh, the, your soul. You need, you need blood to live. So, Is this why the sword is air? Ooh, interesting. Because yeah. it draws the blood. Because it draws the blood. Blech. So that's the humors. Um, then moving on to the, uh, the, the levels of the system of the the jewish soul soul that they had five levels uh we talked about um uh, a couple of different ones and now we're on to neshima which relates to the higher soul where people think and they meditate on god and reach an intellectual understanding of the world and their spirituality right so again when i when i read that description it made a lot of sense that that is the intellectual part of basically the midrash like right? when you're trying to look at the interpretations, uh, the Talmudic interpretations of the different various uh, verses, right? So now we are deconstructing. We are applying logic, applying reason to understand our faith better. And so I think that's an interesting correlation 
with this next higher level of the soul called uh, Nishima to analyze the underlying principles abstracted from the categories of thought impressed upon them by the human mind and the human experience. It seeks to pierce through the essential rather than the ephemeral. One of the signs that a person is on this level of consciousness is that when the mind is clearly focused on an appropriate divine concept, all of the senses become temporarily nullified. You're, you're in the zone, as they, as they say. Yeah, I really mm -hmm. like this idea, mostly because uh, you see this with people who have, for centuries, uh, <clears throat> whether in popular culture through the early tw uh, 20th century, uh, even the late 19th century, uh, these spiritual gurus who um, have largely pretended to be um, in this phase of existence, um, kind of in these different esoteric wisdom schools, you might call them, um, they pretend to be in this state where they can see things in this sort of way that is described here in uh, Neshema, where uh, they say that, you, the last bit, uh, divine concept, all the senses become nullified in that you can look at this thing and you can pull out all of your subjective opinions and take away what everybody else is saying about it. And you have a sort of prima materia um, uh, uh, focus or look at whatever the concept might be. Um, you'll talk to people who have gurus who say, <clears throat> my master doesn't see the world like we do. They see it in like totally different ways, right? And in that same way, uh, you might think spiritually, you could also look at somebody like um, Turing, somebody, you know, these, these great mathematicians who saw the world in numbers. Uh, but think about, instead of numbers, think about spiritual concepts and the nature of reality. I don't even see the code anymore. All I see is blonde, blonde, brunette, redhead. Oh man, that was that steak. That was great. Yeah, that was a really that was a deep, not a deep cut, but it was a good one. Yeah. I like yeah. it. <laughs> it's time for a rewatch. Re no, no cap, no cap. All right. Word. I don't want to remember anything. Just put me back in. Maybe like an actor. Okay, here we go. Let's move on to the zodiac signs. So the zodiac signs. We have air signs as well. Air signs, they enliven the intellect and enhance sociability. Those born under it, its influence are highly sensitive and often swamped by their feelings. No, wait, I'm mixing around. That's water. Um, they are bright, curious, versatile, and intellectually restless, always collecting information, trying out ideas, and connecting people. They revel in conversation and are supremely social. The air signs are Gemini, Libra, and me, Aquarius. So I'm definitely an air sign there. Over, well, over intellectual. Are you, were you really born under those signs? My sun sign is an Aquarius, yes. Okay. Because, mm. like, traditionally, you know, oh, those, right. those Babylonian dates shifted, my man. Yes. I was actually me. born under the Libra, even though I'm a Scorpio, according to Babylonian uh, uh, dates. Exactly. But when you were reading that, you know what, what name just immediately popped into my head? What's something you had? Frodero. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Right? That dude connects that. everybody. And He's probably an Aquarius. Maybe. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a look. So the, <laughs> let's see, the, uh, 
Also, air signs are communicative, intellectual, sociable, and fueled by ideas and social interaction. Right? And that's why we talk about, like, the age of Aquarius, for example, like, that we are supposedly in. And with uh, communication and thought and intellectualism. Well, I thought, I thought we were on the butt end of it, and that's why everything's kind of going to hell in a handbasket. No, we're, we're in the beginning stages. The beginnings. We're in the flux, the flux period. The liminal flux stages. Yes. yes. Sorry. But mm. but it, it, it makes perfect sense to me if you want to apply that, that age of Aquarius thing of why AI has just exploded since Thanksgiving, right? Because uh, that is certainly um, communication and code and, and com- just intellectualism all just kind of bundled into one. So um, we're at you know this, this tipping point right now. Uh, and it just makes sense that it's happening in 2023. So I like it. It makes sense to me. And I have, I have a lot of Gemini's in the house too. So makes sense. Moving on. Let's go into, um, the part S system. When we talked about the, the four levels of exegesis, reading, reading biblical texts. Now the D in part S is Darash, which is, um, translated to to inquire or seek and so this is again a comparative midrashic meaning as given through similar occurrences you're looking for interpretation and comparison it's like boom like you're again trying to make sense of this intellectually you're trying to find hyperlinks within the text you're trying to hyperlinks. Uh, compare and you're, you're thinking at it from an intellectual level not a spiritual level not from an allegorical level not from an emotional level you're actually just trying to pieces together right so it, it's funny to watch uh people who really dive deep into say that the talmud and all these other uh, biblical commentaries and they're just they're picking picking other things things apart and that's that's my jam like i love comparing how these things tie together what they reference in other parts uh, of the bible or biblical texts or even apocryphal texts right and and how all these things fit together uh, but it is certainly not a inspired way it is much more of a um logical scholastic kind of way but that that way also does require that you place the text in context bingo which is what 99 i'm sorry let me be let me be polite 95 percent of people don't do right um right is place the context into the time when it was written right because that really plays a huge role into your intellectualizing of it so You know, thinking about the opening and closing of a Masonic Lodge, there are some words that are spoken, which, I mean, I'm not going to say them because I don't know, like, if they're considered wonky in different jurisdictions. But when we're talking about air, there's the whole concept about the word as well. Uh, That sound is essentially, it's a pressure wave, right? So... It's a vibration. Yeah, that, that moves air. So there's mm-hmm. there's something there, too. And you need air for sound. You need sound for the word. And, and, and John, John the Evangelist would agree with you. He loved vibrations in air. Mm-hmm. Yes, lots of them. Pythagoras, too. Ooh, my favorite people. Ooh, nice. Awesome. All right, so that's that's all I got as far as covering the spectrum of related topics from from the past again we could wax poetic on that too but i do want to um now kind of look at 
the big question, right? Which is, uh, before we dive into the final question of what's, uh, what does it mean to you? Uh, what does anyone else have anything to add to their research on the element of air as it relates to this episode? Do we miss anything? Or do we, do we cover the bases? Good. I'm excited personally about next week because oh, we get to fire, we get to manifestation and it, you know, kind of completes the four step process of going from intellectualism to ultimately you could see it as divine godhood and the ability to create and manifest your will. Awesome. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's going to be fun. Uh, the culmination of all this effort. Before okay. we get into the uh, fifth element. Colors. Well, we gotta, now we got to have a fifth element. Yeah. The colors, uh, white and yellow, which are going to mm-hmm. be corresponding to air as well. True. That is true. Um, I, didn't, I didn't cover colors in the previous episodes, but uh, this is a, what Adam or Adam means. Uh, Vermilion. You, know, you have color blue for water obviously and then um and then air is white sorry where are we it's i love watching john yeah look things up in real time yeah i'm not looking it up i'm just checking my notes but i had different notes for that so anyway um now final question time what does the element of air with given all this context, what does it mean to you personally? How do you apply this element of air practically rather than uh, through the lens of history? So I'm going to go with Mr. Richards first and get his, get his hot take. What say you, Jason? So the application of air, I think, is incredibly important because that starts to separate us from the rest of creation. And so we go again from earth, which is just your basest animal desires up to emotions. Now, now instead of just acting, you are reacting, but then when you get up to air, that is when you begin to see human logic and intuition and those activities that separate mankind and put mankind closer to the plane of the divine than the rest of creation. And so applying, I think, the principles of intuition and reasoning and study in your life um, is is critically important and i think you know to to bring it back to a real world example like there are there are a lot of things that we just either post especially in social media that is just a rote reaction very emotional um you know or or something that you know, just appeals to kind of our, our basis nature, but being able to study, uh, 
act in respectful manners and employ you know the first three liberal arts and sciences i think is is becoming much more of a lost art and so being able to take a step back and act with reasoning and logic um is is something that i think we can all very much benefit from awesome thank you i enjoy it i think i think i would agree i see some head nods from joe so take it away joe what does yeah. the element of air mean to you um that was a great answer by jason uh don't want to take anything away from it absolutely um i think that for me i in my daily life i associate the element of air with that that process of spiritual transformation right and it's it's the vehicle by which that that occurs i i love everything you were talking about at the beginning with you know uh the element of air starts to tap into our intellectual parts of ourselves and i think that's very true and i think that using that element of air to focus on wisdom and knowledge and and the intellectual understanding of all the super weird stuff that we talk about um you know you do have that filter of air to intellectualize it and make it a part of your daily physical growth whether it's through contemplative activities or breathing exercises you know to center both your mind and your spirit um i think it's absolutely essential so for me it's it's definitely a a thing to keep in mind um yeah absolutely sweet all right over to you robert Uh, so for air, I think for me, in a practical sense for today, um, I really think about it as uh, r- representing a lot of what the tarot gives us, with intellect, uh, with a particular focus on communication, uh, listening and hearing and processing, uh, having some mental clarity about things. Uh, before we speak about them. Um, Also, the idea of uh, mindful use of our our logic um, and our intuition. Um, I would also say spiritually really does represent something I think that we talked about earlier in the fellow craft degree is the transitional period. Particularly, um, you know, I, I like to think that everybody lives to 100 years old, but I'm 41, so I'm probably over the hill, realistically. Uh, and in the last downhill of my life, um, you know, there's plenty of time left, and it's not like it's around the corner or anything. Maybe, I don't know, but, you know, at, at 41, you start to think about the later time in life. Um, you often see in some uh, spiritual texts, we'll see things like um, air being associated with uh, women in the latter half of their life through things like menopause and things of that nature. So for a man, it's really no different. It's like there's a there's a an element of transition, preparing for transition, if you will, um, as you... Uh, I don't know, contemplate your own mortality uh, in, in, you know, your last 20, 30, 40 years, maybe. That's it. I like it. Makes sense. Makes sense to me, because that's that's certainly where I am. 
Uh, as for me, uh, this is my jam. So I, I tend to live in, mostly in this uh, element of air. This I over-intellectualize, over-analyze. I'm an engineer by, by, by training, right? And so I, I tend to default to um, overthinking, over-applying over logic, which... There's a downside to that too, which is you could be cold, right? You could, and I've had, I've honestly, I've had feedback um, from peers and, and um, people that I used to supervise. It says, you know, sometimes I don't know what John's thinking because he's he's just over, he's in his head too much, and I've taken that to heart, right? That uh, you know, I can overthink things, overanalyze, but uh, there's a time and place for it, and so I'm working on. Um, appreciating the finer points of you know the emotional side right the, the spiritual side right the uh the disciplined side of, of the other elements so um what the the tarot card that resonates with me the most is the, the king of swords that's that's um kind of aspirational of where you know i'd hope to be well grounded in in uh my intellectual endeavors right? but you know we're not, i'm not there yet I think we're all a work in progress. That's why we are Freemasons in general. But uh, that's that's where I tend to to resonate. So it means a lot to me in the sense of um, logic and intellect is cool, but don't overdo it. Like make sure you balance it with everything else, because that's that's the real that's the real goal is to balance all these things together and make sure that they work together, and not just uh, you know, one of these stands out. Right? You don't you want to have a four legged stool, not a one legged stool. So, with that, hey, I want to thank you all very much for, for watching. See you next week, and keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow. Wow. Mm.